Sunday night I'd watch the practice with none of my friends I'd turn the dial to ABC to see the creep of the week that Bobby Donald defends But I'm out of practice With your host, Keith Barney Hosts Gonna eat a salad, Mike and Deglio. Way back oh, in high school, most every night. My mom watched QVC, so I missed the practice. There was no TiVo. What could I do? Wait 15 years, get fat, then stream it on Hulu. Little preview for other show. We might be talking about this figure. Coming up soon. Can't wait. We got another one up here. We got action figures all around. And welcome to the Out of Practice Podcast, a weekly podcast in which me and my co-host, who I forgot that they're two hosts, Mike and Deglio, discuss David E. Kelly's award-winning series, The Practice. This week, we are up to Season 6, Episode 12, Pro Se. How's it going, Mike? Pro Se, can you see? That is terrible. Keith, gotta tell you, <laughs> rough couple days, quick insight, and also some big news. You'll recall, you know, there was a global pandemic, and we were freaking out. I, I do remember yeah. that, yeah. A year ago on the podcast, we were like, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. you're a little bit changed later. You'll recall not but a month or two ago, Jen and I went to a baseball game in the pods, masks. Yeah. It was like my first real thing out well. On Saturday, I went to another baseball game. This time there were 19,000 fans in attendance. Mm-hmm. Halfway through the drive there with my my pal Ryan, who I went with, I realized I forgot my mask. Oh. Citizens Bank Park, get there. I figured they'll probably have masks. Weren't even needing them. They said, are you vaccinated? I said, yes. They let us in. 19,000 people. I had no mask. I was getting food. It was as normal as I probably definitely have, have been. It felt okay. It was weird at first. Got through it. Next day, I got a tetanus shot, and I got su- it was ninety five degrees. Yeah, I I got us on the first base side, and we uh, uh we were baked in the sun the whole day. There was no shade, so I had a rough uh, yesterday. But uh, it that's that's my update. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, boy, it is super hot here. So hot. I I was telling you before, I'm gonna be on the mic for about three hours today. But uh, nor I, I I'm not exactly that thrilled about it. But I will be in the basement, which is the coldest part of the house. So I am grateful for that. And uh, yeah, no, it's funny you you mentioned like the mask thing because we are what is it June seventh today, and uh, you know we, as we've talked about before, if you're fully vaccinated, the mask mandate is off, and it's now off also in New Jersey and stores. And we went to Costco earlier this week, and we we still wore our mask just because why not? I guess. Yeah. And it's like eighty percent of the people in Costco were still wearing their masks, and it's you know, it, and it's silly because if you trust the science one way, you got to trust the science the other way. Yeah. Right. And and. You know, my brother, who's a virologist, is you know has 
has, you know, made it clear that I think we should be trusting it. We just were right in the middle of the greatest vaccine trial in human history, the largest vaccine trial in human history. Instead of like 10,000 things that you're testing, there's 100 million cases here so that they can be pretty confident in what they're saying. And that and that makes perfect sense. That said, uh, yeah, I, I'm not exactly sure when I'm going to be comfortable the first time, like walking into a place without a mask indoors. Uh, but it's coming. Like, you know, there's no, at, at this point, being fully vaccinated, there's not much reason not to other than just emotionally just wanting to, I don't know. Like, if, I feel like uh, I, I want to be setting an example for people who aren't vaccinated yet. But if you aren't vaccinated, what's wrong with you? Get your vaccine. Yeah. Yeah. But but I mean, you also have to recognize, you know, I think you have to give yourself some grace. And I think you have to recognize that the some of the world isn't waiting, right? So I got a call from the the, the tribute group I, I work with. They've got dates, so they're having Schmerzy a rehearsal. Noise. Yeah, they have a rehearsal in, in, in Thursday. So Thursday's gonna be the first day I gotta go back into the city. So that'll be my first time back in the city. Oh, and then on Friday, I'm soft, I'll use the word auditioning, but I'm meeting with another Shergis Moyes uh, tribute act based out of mm-hmm. Pennsylvania, because they got a ton of dates this summer and they're, their Frankie Valley just dropped out and they Oh nice. So it just kind of I mean not met. for him, obviously. But yes, that's yeah, so, great. And I'm like, I guess I'm gonna have to go sing a bunch of outdoor concerts this year with old people, and it's just gonna have to happen, right? Gotta make that money. So Well, I mean that you're doing everything that you can by being yeah. vaccinated. Right? You know, so the data says you're not gonna get it and you're not gonna give it to anybody else. Or you know all of all of which are very unlikely. Or if you do get it, it's, it's going to be not. It, point being, you are doing everything that you possibly can, and and I guess like that has been our obligation from day one, from Mar- you know for more than a year and so on. Like all we can do is the best we can, do all that we can, and you know if we're vaccinated at this point, you have, and uh, I, you know I I can't conceive of why people aren't doing it and why yeah. you know that why we're not at 80 percent now because we have the capacity to do it that the problem now is just reluctance and anyway that's uh yeah so interesting interesting i i think it will be uh we're all sort of headed back soon i will i'll have to be heading back into the city relatively soon for a meeting too and, but i went once and that was dice. And I, I was nervous about it. It was it was fine, but I will be uh, going back soon. But you know, uh, you know who won't be getting on the train into the city? Our four-legged friends in a segment we call We Have Tried for Years to Make This Podcast a Success. We, we failed. failed. It's time to give the world one. So go. I don't. Oh, go ahead. I, I just I am disappointed in myself only because I, I didn't give you I didn't give you this. Oh no, that's not it. <laughs> well, there it is. Well, it blew up to the. Oh, they're all playing. Oh, it's, it's every every single segment. That's what that, I was looking for. Just that cat. If you're not look if you're not watching on YouTube, you just missed an explosion of every single overlay <laughs> that uh, Mike does during an episode all at once. Uh, yeah. So. 
I don't have a huge update on uh, on Charlie today. Charlie's doing fine. He's enjoying the hot days, and by enjoying, I mean sleeping for uh, 14 hours waking time. But uh, last night at like two o'clock in the morning, like I got up to get some water, and I hear him sprinting back and forth on our first floor. Just no one else is there. It's pitch black, middle of the night, and he's just it's the zooms, man, the sprinting zooms. back and forth. It's so funny, and yet when we try to get him to play, he's like, uh, uh, he 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 wants to chase the you know the the little bird on the stick, but he doesn't want to engage his back legs. Yeah, so that's... he sort of like lies down and like flops at it lazily. It's it's pretty silly, but I, you know I'm trying to like exercise him because he's eating a lot of food. He's getting a little hefty. And you you want to get the heart rate up? He's like, yeah, you should talk, fatty. But he just like he he doesn't do it unless it's two o'clock in the morning. Uh, no updates here. Although you you'll re- you'll recall, uh, I'll make I'm gonna have to make this long story very short. Okay, so you'll recall last episode we discussed that I was interested in getting the third cat. Uh-huh. Jen's mom has sent more pictures. One of the cats that is up for adoption from Jen's mom. Looks exactly like Charlie Jr. And I'm tempted. I'm tempted oh, for us cute. to have a twinsies. Um, so that's still in the works. That's our latest. But you'll also recall that last week you had you said my marriage was hinging because remember I was debating getting that romantic hotel in oh, the city. Oh, yes. Yes. What happened with so that? Well, we decided, mutually decided, that we were not going to get to the hotel because dinner reservations were at 4.30 p.m., Easily, we'll be back in time, and we can watch the Mayor of Easttown mm-hmm. season finale. Yeah, right. It'll be wonderful. Well, you know, Jen was with her friends. She got to drinking. It was eleven thirty. We get back. Keith, guess what? The garage was closed, and it says oh. if you don't get your car out by eleven, yeah, it's not New York. They close garages around here. If uh, if you're not out by eleven, you have to stay till seven a.m. when someone can get you in Philly. Oh shit! So I was like, well, we should have got the hotel. But mm-hmm. Jen, in all of her CEO-ness, and let me remind you, she was drunk at this point, somehow found a call box, like if you were being assaulted in the alley type mm-hmm, of call box, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like that no one has ever used before. She somehow got a hold of somebody, and this old janitor man, like, led us into some recess of the building and then opened the garage. She got us out. So Amazing. Good CEOing, uh, CEOing Jen. all the way, and I, of course, did nothing to earn the cat. So who knows? Yeah, I know. Well, because we, she, I, I know she's not caught up to the episode where we discuss this. Mm-hmm. So we, we do not know if she has has is going to play the veto card or not. Uh, but we shall see. We shall indeed. I'll tell you what else we're going to see. We're not going to see, but we are going to hear uh, from our good friends on the social media in a segment we call. I tell you what, Mike, I have, a, I have a very important question for you. I can't wait to come up with an answer on the spot. If people want to contact us, how would they do that? Well, Keith, as you can see here on the screen, they can always write us an email. Mm. Easiest way. We get back to you at some mm. point. Uh, well, if you are, like, if we, if we assume you're a human being, because a lot of... Uh, robots write us but you can write us at out of practice podcast at gmail.com if you'd like to hit us up on the facebook you can do that at out of practice i think that's also our instagram at note out of practice podcast podcast 
lots of fun work goes up on the Instagram. It's popular. We got a lot of people that tag us in things. It feels nice. Uh, you can comment there as well. Well, I'll tell you who They could also write us on the YouTube. The YouTube oh, is where yes. we have a moderator, and he talks liberally. Yes. Well, let in, in fact, it's it's funny you say that, because we have heard from our YouTube moderator, Phoenix Cage, who says, I we talked a little bit last week about the Friends revival, and he said, I never had any interest in Friends, but I loved Frasier, though I personally have a dry sense of humor. Uh, Keith, did you ever listen to the Frasier Rewatch podcast that Ma Myra did with Kevin Smith? It was amazing. I have not. I'm sure that I would enjoy it. Uh, yeah, I feel like I need to watch all of Frasier from start to finish at some point because I've, I've seen a lot of it, but I've never actually watched it continuously. And uh, I'm out. You're out of Frasier? The Frasier podcast that you're about to pitch, I'm out. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I am not going to pitch a Frasier podcast. Uh, although David Hyde Pierce did direct Jillian's show on Broadway. Very nice fellow. Anyway, uh, so Phoenix also says... You want to uh, pick that up, Keith? I feel like you dropped something. Oh, oh sorry. Was it, is it down here? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. All of my name drops uh, come straight through my watch. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met anyone ever in history... That wasn't, uh, that was cool. Uh, that wasn't through my wife. So, uh, there you go. I could name drop a ton from that show. Anyway, so Phoenix continues while I pick up the name. Uh, he says, I disagree with Keith's statement that there was no ticking clock. Talking about last episode, uh, there was no ticking clock and that Bobby could have waited a month. And this was, of course, going to the police, uh, after his client, uh, looks like he might have been murdered, murdered. Uh, but we'll, uh, it turns out he wasn't. The longer he waited to tip off the police, the less likely it would be for them to catch the killer. And he wouldn't, couldn't wait until he was absolutely certain his client was dead because he might never be certain. Someone like Derek Grant would have had people help make the body disappear. Yes. But within a day, the police may still be able to find evidence of the murder. After that, Derek Grant could flee the state and Bobby would have failed his client. Uh, yeah. And I mean, yes, of course, you, you can't wait forever. Uh, but I think, you know, like a good 12 hour clock could have been, uh, he, he, there was, there was a bit of a ticking clock, but it wasn't like you have to do it in the next 10 minutes because, uh, you know, murders take a couple of days to cover up. Uh, yeah. So he said some more stuff to you. Yeah, you I said, was basically defending you a little bit in that whilst, yes, while there wasn't that while there was a ticking clock as far as like trying to solve a crime, if there were a crime, also we have to remember we were trying to like sort of cover up a crime also. That's true. And the episode juxtaposed that against the fact that like we or we were left without any sort of understanding of the stakes for Bobby as to why he was so hype about this guy. So there was there it lacked a bit of nuance, I think, is what I was saying. To which yeah. Phoenix agreed, actually, ultimately. Well, well, how about that? We have we have good communication happening here on the YouTube. We've, so please grown, join yes. the conversation. Uh, all right, so let us now continue forward by hopping back. Wait, in wait, wait! Oh uh, God! Something I I forgot to mention, Keith. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, when you know we didn't even discuss what we were going to do today. 
But I want to briefly make a recommendation to you uh, in, in our loudest segment that I don't even have the bumper queued up for, but uh, or I mean the, the visuals, but we have the bumper. Right, but I, I think that's one that I forgot to load. So uh, why don't you do it for us? I, I got a new computer, so I had to rebuild the soundboard. So Mike, take it away. TV. Keep, so Perfect. There is a polarized kind of opinion of this uh, comedian slash actor named Bo Burnham. You might know him. He's had a couple of uh, Netflix specials. He does like stand-up comedy mixed with comedy songwriting mixed with he's now he was in that movie that I discussed earlier called uh, oh damn it I forget anyway he's moving into actoring some people think he's a little pretentious I happen to think he might be a genius he reminds me of what he's like the reincarnation of old Keith if Keith had been born in 1990 and was now a 27- something year old okay he has a new special on netflix it is called bo burnham inside and okay he basically uh, locked himself in his apartment with a bunch of camera equipment and created a comedy special sort of slash you slowly see him deal with the pan a year inside during the pandemic as a white dude can i be funny is it just time for me to shut up? Does anybody need my content? What is content right now? Uh, but he also writes kind of banging songs. Uh, okay. And it's, it's, it is fascinating. If nothing else, it is like a perfect encapsulation of like what this year has been for creators. Yeah. And also like what, how a creative mind works. It is, you have to watch it. You have to okay. watch it. Just to just because I think you share a lot of your brain works very similarly to this dude in some ways. Uh, I I look at both of your sort of genius in different ways. Except uh, that I'm similar old. Ways. That was the except you're old. In the one distinction yes, old. you made was, mm-hmm. was that the only difference we're both pompous, but the one distinction you made is that he's I'm also old. very attractive, Keith. Not to I mean he is very attractive. <laughs> <laughs> he's tall and attractive. But oh, I walked into that one. There are similarities uh, into your creative processes and and brain, and I think you I think everyone should watch it. It's a high recommend, uh, but you specifically, I want to recommend it too. So that's Bo Burnham's Inside. That's uh, plus there's Mary V. Now there's other stuff. We'll do a whole segment more TV, but I wanted to point that out because it made me think of you last night. Uh, let's move on to what you were saying. Interesting. All right, well I will check it out, and maybe we'll do a more TV next week, and I will discuss it with you. Fun. You it? Uh, all right, but now. We are not going to go into the future and talk about the thing we're going to do later. We're going to hop into the time machine and go to the past. Mm. The past. So we're going to go all the way back to February 10th, the year 2002, and uh, answer everyone's burning question. Uh, What was going on? This day in the basement. Keith, it stands... It, it should be noted, we are so close to meeting here. Our timelines are, are so close. Only about to a diverging. year. A year. We are but a year less out. Less than a year. No, uh, yeah, about a year. I guess auditions were like, what, January? January, so yeah, less than a yeah. year. Though we didn't really interact in auditions, I imagine. I don't remember. Um, that was so a long my, the, time ago, Mike. My college experience, actually, is is wrapping up a little bit. Oh, no, February, March, April. So I would have been, I would have graduated. 
It was a one-year program, Amdo was? Well, it was like a two-year, but I like combined them together. Like you went through the summer. So I finished, I guess, the summer of 2003. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah, so it's getting, it'll be, yeah. I got a year to go. Anyway, uh, yeah, not a, a lot. Getting comfortable in New York City. I finally move into an apartment now in Harlem. I believe around this period, my first, uh, the first time we could switch apartments, I did. I move into an apartment in Harlem with my buddy Jason and my girlfriend at the time. Uh, I won't drop her name. And uh, that's that. Moving to Harlem was a adjustment. My first apartment was in the Upper West Side of New York, and I thought I was slumming it because my apartment was small. <laughs> On the Upper West Side. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I had an awakening, quite an awakening when I moved, mm -hmm. but. Mm -hmm. Uh, that 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 was the last time I would ever live in Manhattan. I would then thus move to the boroughs after this. So my Harlem apartment, which I had for a couple of years, was huge. Fifteen hundred square, uh, $1,500 a month, three bedroom, eating in kitchen. They're huge. big up there. Yeah, yeah it was uh, a 127 in St. Nicholas. I could spit on the Apollo Theater. Uh, it was a, a different, it was a great time in life, man. It was a great time in life. Anyway, what were you doing over up there, over there, freezing your little n n nuts off in Rochester? Wow. <laughs> hey, Keith's mom. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, well, I was doing a couple of things. Um, I'll just do some news and notes. I, I did a... Why didn't why my microphone... The cable is wonky today. I apologize to everybody listening. Uh, so I did, at this point, a... Uh, somebody's organ recital where I sang uh, from Phantom of the Opera. Okay. Which was really fun. Interesting. Um, yeah, that would have... I, that, that, that's, that's a good show for me. But I never... Uh, when I was skinny, I never went out for the skinny parts, and I'm not quite fat enough for the fat parts. I went in for the cover of the fat guy once, and I feel like I bombed it, so I, could, I could, should do that again. Anyway, so I did that. Uh, it was also... Uh, Checking the emails, and I ordered from the BMG Music Club. Remember Ooh, that? Oh, yeah, sure do. 12 CDs for CDs. a penny. Yes, and I bought Arvon Williams' On Wenlock Edge CD, which, which to be fair, uh, because my senior recital was coming up, I did On Wenlock Edge as part of my senior doing recital. Preparation. There will be a clip. It's, uh, it's not good. I, I wasn't. My senior recital went better than my junior one, but I still didn't sound good. wasn't good. But my, what I, did future just just so they hold my feet to the fire? I do mm. have the VHS of <gasps> part of my senior uh, like showcase. Yay! Oh, closing doors, it was called. I have the VHS and I have the VHS converter, so I have to do it. That'll be coming up, in a, you know, next the end of this season. So how exciting! I no, love that. Not exciting. Now, I have audio of my senior recital. I think a VHS exists, but I don't want to experience that at all. But I'm sure I'll have a picture and uh, and some audio for that. The other thing I was doing, uh, our it was our senior show, which was sort of our senior comedy thing that we did at Eastman, which... You know, comedy at Eastman was a little different than I imagined the senior show at, like, Rutgers would be. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, uh, my contribution was creating uh, a, like, a 15-minute piece of Eastman Opera Theater Presents Greece. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had uh, my friend Chapel, who was also my accompanist. He arranged it into like a, a string quartet sort of a deal. That's cool. And then so we ju- we put on tuxes and we did it like you know Eastman Opera would do it. So it's summer loving, have me a blast. It was pretty funny. We and uh, nobody got it except for me, but I enjoyed it. So uh, that's what I was doing there. And uh, yeah. So I think it's time to uh, hop, zoom out in the time machine and talk about... It's time for the Out of Practice Podcasts This Day in the World. The greatest hits, the biggest movies, headlines from Vermont, essential sports updates, and for some inexplicable reason, the weather from 20 years ago. Now back to Keith and Mike. Well, folks, we were listening to You Got It Bad, performed by Usher again. The local paper talked about the U.S. winning two silver medals because this was the 2002 Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City, the Mitt Romney Olympics. Uh, So that was what was going on, which is also why the practice was off for a few weeks. And the top movie was Collateral Damage, possibly the most forgettable uh, Arnold movie that, uh, that Arnold ever came out. Was in that? Yeah, it was an Arnold action movie. Took in uh, $15 million. I don't think I saw it. I don't remember it. Uh, but uh, that's just uh, one of the things that happened. So, you know, a lot going on. We were all watching the Olympics. We didn't care about anything else. But I'll tell you what we did care about. Everybody's favorite segment. It's time. It's time. It's time, it's time for sports. sports. On January 19th, the Philadelphia Football Eagles continued their playoff run with a 33-19 victory over the Chicago Bears at Soldier Field. McNabb outdueled Shane Matthews and Jim Miller. The Eagles were finally defeated in the NFC Championship game by Mike Mart's greatest show on turf, 29-4 in the Dome in St. Louis. Ah, the dome. You think we're done? No. This sent the St. Louis Rams to the Super Bowl, where they would face the New England Patriots, who had just lost their starting quarterback, Drew Bledsoe, to injury. The underdog Patriots were somehow able to beat the the Raiders in the snow behind a former sixth-round pick backup quarterback, no name by the name of Tom Brady. The rest is history, folks. Brady beat Kurt Warner in one of the greatest upsets in NFL history and won the Super Bowl and won his first NFL MVP award, Super Bowl MVP award. He is currently the reigning Super Bowl MVP award winner. Uh, So, for those of you who aren't sports ball people who don't care, let's just frame this although we talk a lot of shit on tom brady we've murdered him we've had him murder others we've had him become a baby we've done so many things check out our Mm -hmm. instagram out of practice podcast it is insane what we do to tom brady every week Mm. but and he deserves every bit of it we are doing a podcast about a television show that aired so long ago so long 19 years ago and yet the person who won the super bowl the year that we are discussing yeah won the Super Bowl this very year. When we were in our 20s in college, he won the Super Bowl. 
yeah. this year, 19 years ago. So here's how much of losers we are, Keith. Mm. Potentially, well, you for sure, were in your dorm room, right, being doing Grease the Opera, <laughs> w- watching the practice, okay, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. while Tom Brady was winning the Super Bowl. 19, 20 years later, you're now doing a podcast about the show you were watching in your dorm room while you were doing Grease the Opera, and Tom Brady's still winning the Super Bowl. We are reliving our glory days, and he's still in them. Yeah, it is absolutely insane. It's bonkers, bonkers. And of course, that Super Bowl was crazy because we were all rooting for him because he was the underdog. Yeah, he was the Nick Foles of that Super Bowl. He he really was, and like, oh, who is this guy? He's going to be terrible. <sighs> I mean, to be fair, he won the MVP, and he threw like for 150 yards or something. It wasn't <laughs> crazy, but it was really the defense that did it. Anyway, uh, yeah, you know what it's uh, it's time for? Here, here's your signal, Mike. You ready? Yeah, I started. I'm a human being. God damn it. Okay. My life has value. <laughs> I'm not going to take this anymore. It's time to You know what? We're gonna have to. Do, we're gonna have to do it again. I gave you the signal and everything. I know. It's technology. You know. Are, are, are you ready? Are you ready? Gosh, couldn't be more ready. Couldn't be more okay. ready. Here we go. Here I'm gonna give you the signal. And I'm a human being. God damn it! My life has value, and That's I'm not gonna take this yeah. anymore. It's time to talk about the damn episode, folks. We are talking about the practice season six, episode. We are halfway through the season already. The episode is entitled Pro Se, and it was written by Jonathan Shapiro, all by himself. No David E. Kelly this week, who last wrote on Inter Arma, Silent Lieges, and directed by Michael Zinberg, who last directed Friends and Ex-Lovers, which means there's only one last thing to do and answer the eternal sexy question. What's your problem? Is this what happens to women when you insert your penis? What? What? What does Mike think's gonna happen? You know, what if he would have drank the curdled milk? Then what would have happened? It's a good question, Jimmy. It's a mm. good question. You know, I ran into a problem this week because uh, not only do I not know what pro se means, mm. Mm. but... I almost entirely forget what happened last week uh, <laughs> because that's life. Though the previously on 20 seconds that I watched today when queuing up the episode, they they really are going hard and reminding us what happened last week with our, our client. Uh, so we might have a continuation. So I'm going to guess that though our guy who played Abraham from The Walking Dead made it out of last episode. I think he gonna get dead this episode. Mm, mm. Okay. Uh, meanwhile, That's the guy that beat Bobby in the yes, cell. Yes. I think he's gonna get dead in prison. Uh, but that doesn't tell us... Wait, hold on. There's another guy I'm seeing on the TV there. I don't have a very good pitch this week, Ethan. I feel bad about it. I, I, I don't have a good one. So, I have to revert back to an old favorite, my standby. I promise I'll come and swing in next week. But this week, finally, Mm, mm. is when there's going to be some hot 
sexy, steamy tension finally between ADA Lowe and one Helen Gamble. It, I've been teasing it for weeks, months, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe too long, some would say. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but this it's gonna is going to get week. sore. If it's not ADA Lowe, somebody. Helen has been fighting. She's lonely, Keith. Mm-hmm. I know that mm-hmm. she, can, she can stand on her own. She doesn't need a man. I know that. All right. But she deserves a man. Mm. And a man. And we deserve her deserving a man. Do we, though? <laughs> I mean, it's been a long time since we've seen her uh, giving away client secrets while banging on the bathroom floor. Yeah, that's that. that it's been a while. And uh, I hope mom's turned this off by now. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Keith's mom. I'm really not this guy. I mean, I am. It's pretty accurate. <laughs> I, did, you, did you hear the impersonation he did of you a couple of weeks? Of oh, I'm ago? just a su- I'm just a debonair Southern librarian. Uh- okay. And uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> if you'd like to listen to Keith be embarrassed as I uh, make his mom a sexy Southern librarian, uh, you can hear me do it for 45 minutes to an hour uh, with the episode. Hit the, up the QR code or just listen on your podcast service of choice. We will listen to the practice season six, episode 12. And if you just want to skip ahead to us talking some more, stay tuned <laughs> Why? On, the, on the YouTubes. We'll be back. Better God help. It. it works. <laughs> season six. Episode 12. Pro say. Can you see? I can't. Can, you haven't can, shown me can. the episode. Cellmate dead. <laughs> Your fingerprints on the knife. Your confession to the murder. My condescending tone. This is a case we plead to. Mike, go over it again. Have you recognized who that is yet? Not to me. I love court days. Wait, is that Giancarlo? Oh my God, I better get some chicken. It is Giancarlo Esposito. Holy crap. It is Gus Fring and Darth What's-His-Butt from uh, The Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I mean, boy, what a giant guest star when you look back at it. I mean, he was he had done some fair amount of stuff yet, but this was a very much pre, like, giant star Esposito here. He ended up being ended up. He's not dead. He's still going. He <laughs> has four Emmy nominations, including two this past year for Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul, The Mandalorian, Godfathers of Harlem, Homicide, Life on the Street, Sesame Street in 1982. Not as a celebrity cameo, but just as an actual guest on Sesame Street. The Usual Suspects and Do the Right Thing. And will be starring as the main antagonist in the upcoming Ubisoft AAA exclusive Far Cry 6 out this fall. Food's better than wow. state prison. I could hit on you. Guard. No, no, don't call the guards. I know about the guards. Don't screw around with me, Ray. I didn't tell you before because I was scared you wouldn't believe me. Set up fights between inmates and bet on them. 
They wanted oh, me shit. to fight Bauman. But before I could tell anyone, they killed him. Are you saying they framed you? You don't rat out the guards and live. But I got no choice. I can't do more prison time. If you're saying you have a defense, I need to know. Inmate dogfighting ring? That is an is interesting true? plot line. No, but I sure as Uh, what a Ben. You're an idiot. Come on, it's a winner. We can get a jury to buy it. We've done it before. Damn, now I couldn't come up with a pitch, but in the first 30 seconds, they gave us a great pitch and then aren't going to give us that episode? And then they walked away. Oh, shit. Had a defense, Ray. Look, if I can get a plea deal to 10 years on top of your current sentence. 10. Plus three on my robbery charge. I can't do 13 years. I was serious about that. I can't do the time I got left. Were you serious about that perm, Ray? Ray? Because it's not a great look. When you get convicted this time, it's mandatory life. So you either let me make a deal or you have to start getting used to the idea that you are going to die in prison. So he murdered his cellmate. It's your choice. Is the story going on here. To be fair, he was not very hygienic. He did not share. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, what a great guest star. So that's interesting. We have a slightly less interesting story than they pitched to begin with. Well, we, to be true, fair, we don't have any story yet. They pitched a great story, but then they didn't really give us any context other than he's just got, he's he's on, on, on trial or accused. Yeah, well, I mean, the trial's the story. Yeah. It's on trial for murder. I mean, give me some meat, baby. You got Giancarlo. Give me something. <laughs> it's interesting. He's he's doing something different with his voice, which is an interesting choice. Because lately, it's you get that that his his Breaking Bad voice, but well, he's also twenty years younger. There's nothing That's you can fair. challenge. His confession was voluntary and vividly incriminating. And you can forget self-defense. He admitted the victim was asleep when he stabbed him. Why did he do it? He won't tell me. How many times you represented this guy? Well, this makes four. And to be honest, I've always liked the guy. But since he's been in prison, I don't know. After a while, it drives them all crazy. He's agreed to let me try and plead it. Very nuanced argument there by, by Jimmy. Really, really, really not painting with that broad brush, huh? Yeah, really, really getting it. <laughs> oh, Jimmy. Ooh. Good Lindy morning. pissed. Are they gonna argue about the coffee again, Keith? Oh. What the hell are Bobby's you doing here? here? I told you he'd come back too fast. Hello to you too, everyone. It's good to be back. Hey, Bobby. Bobby's still pretty beat up. You look bad. Nice, Jimmy. Why don't you drop the macho crap? Though, let's not forget that not very long ago, Rebecca got blowed up and she was just expected to be at work. Bobby right. got somewhat strangled to death and he wants to come in to his office and everybody's giving him a hard time. I just see this is not quite a equal yeah. treatment. Like Rebecca and Lucy, literally there was a bomb and they're like, Rebecca, we need some research. And uh, Lucy, those phones are not gonna answer themselves. Yeah. So uh, guess what? Bobby can get his ass to work. And Fair go enough. home. Lucy, get me the Cheswick file. When Eugene gets in, tell him we need to go over the finance. 
And if there are any hot clientele that uh, happen to have a British accent, send them my way. <laughs> we have any hot murderesses on the uh, <laughs> on the docket today? No deal. My case is way too strong. Can't you just once be reasonable? If he pleads, he will serve 13 years before he's even considered for parole. He committed cold-blooded murder. He ought to stay in prison for life. Plus, it's only a one-day trial. Eleanor, don't beg this guy. You got a real stick up your ass. Shut up, Ray. You know why I bet you suck? Because people hate arrogant. Not me. Juries love me. That last year, he loved you. I pled to the robbery charge. I had no choice. They had me on videotape. I've never been convicted by a jury. We can beat this chump. No, we can't. Uh, Eleanor, that's probably not the thing you say in front of your uh, opponent. It's not really a good negotiating position to be in. <laughs> When you admit you can't beat them. Welcome to the recession. Uh, clients are hurting. Some firms in town are taking 50 cents on the dollar. I can't afford to be out anymore. Anybody out there need my... Wait, we're broke now? Apparently. Oh, the recession? I thought we had millions of dollars. Help. Well, Eleanor's got a trial. On, uh, 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 everybody else is covered. What's your schedule? Don't you start now. For now, you shouldn't be taking any criminal cases, Bobby. Excuse me? Before you go back into a cell with another client, we think it would be best for you to get your legs back. We think? Bobby. Wait a second. You and Lindsay got together and decided how I should practice law? No. I am fucking Bobby McFucking Donald. Oh. The whole firm decided this. Well, do me a favor. I, I Next time, my firm guy's plans eyes are discussing yesterday. my career. I can take Let a me deposition. Know. I'd like to be there. You know, in, in going through the, in making the Easter egg reveal for last week, it just reminded me how brutal that scene is where that where, where uh, Negan bashes in Abraham's head. Ooh. Oh my God, that, that scene was awful. Keith, you should check out the Easter egg. Oh, I should. Yeah, it's true. Give him time. He won't give himself time. He won't even talk about what happened. Your husband's not real big on sharing his feelings. Or hadn't you noticed? I noticed that he feels like we're attacking him. He probably does. Right now, he's something he never wanted to be. A victim. Eugene's got a bit of a uh, little fuzz on the you know, chin. Not that I don't agree with what they're saying here, but like, this is the least victim Bobby's been. He was almost convicted of murder. He, she's been blowed up. Bobby's been uh, kidnapped and almost murdered at gunpoint. They had the By full a boy band. Yeah. yeah, it's. I feel like we're uh, maybe Bobby's just okay. Well, I mean, I like that they're sort of talking about PTSD here, but you're right. Bobby's the wrong person to yeah. talk about this with and this is the wrong thing that happens to Bobby to talk about this mm -hmm. with. Yeah. Like Jimmy's been shot. Rebecca Especially, I gotta be honest, Bobby's still blown he's on up. probation with me after the last murderous thing. I'm Eleanor at killed him. a guy. Yeah, that's true. Got knocked got assaulted, knocked out and killed a guy. 
Yeah, Lucy, uh, Lucy was taken out hits. twice. Lucy's dealt with re- like serious trauma multiple times. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the office has dealt with some serious trauma and stuff to, to be dealt with. <laughs> and this yeah, is, almost, you're right. Almost everyone, if not everyone, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think everyone in the office has witnessed a murder within three inches of their face. Right? Everybody was in the office when that one guy killed, sh- took out a gun, and we thought he was going to shoot Jimmy, but then shot uh, his buddy. Right? Everybody oh, was in there. Uh, no, that that was just Eleanor and uh, and Jimmy. But but yeah, <laughs> that's true. I forgot about that. I mean, it's there's a lot it, of trauma. Like we're, we're we're you know we're kind of pushing Grey's Anatomy territory here, <laughs> where like, ooh, it's rough. So yeah, g- getting beat up in prison seems. Uh, while genuinely traumatizing, like it's like the fourth most horrible thing that's happened to Bobby in like three seasons. And Lindsay's concerned. When I defended him before, he listened to me. Now he won't take my advice or help me develop a usable defense. I can't, in good conscience, continue to be his lawyer. This is a ploy to get a continuance. Mr. Lowe knows I have a real conflict. I know your client doesn't have a defense. I don't care what you know. I care about Mr. Oh, McMurphy. He's the okay. Oh my God! It's really Aubergine again. Aubergine That's it. It's it's Rene Aubergine back after his uh, Emmy-nominated performance last season. Uh, here as Judge, uh, what's his name, monologue guy, and uh, watching the scene, I'm like, the caliber of actors in this room right now is insane. Mm -hmm. Would have been, love to be a fly on the potato salad at craft service. Mm -hmm. Are you and Miss Frutt having problems? Thank you for asking, Your Honor. What an actor. He's an actor being an actor. That's That's all right, right, Take your time. It's Which can just go south, actually. She wants me to plead guilty, and I want my day in court. And he knows that it's Are a you pressuring him to plead? Bleeding heart liberal Frankly, yes. As his judge, lawyer, I have so a like duty I to stop him from pursuing a trial he can't win. But that's his choice, not yours. If he wants a trial, he gets a trial. Not with me as his lawyer. We have a conflict. Let him get new counsel. We're ready today. Bringing in a new lawyer will delay the case for months, maybe a year. No. I don't want to go back upstate right now. I want a trial today. I'll be my own lawyer. I'll defend myself. We've been here before, too. Bad idea. That is a bad bad idea. idea. That's also a ploy. After he's convicted, he'll appeal and say that we violated his right to counsel. I'll waive that appeal. And later say that the waiver was unknowing. No. I can have Miss Frutt advise me. Then I'll waive it, which means it will be knowing. Sir. I advise you not to represent yourself if you choose to. But I have a right to, don't I? I choose to exercise that right. May I have one second, Your Honor? What are you doing? I want to go to trial now, with or without you. Right, you may be nuts, but you are not crazy. Which means my wish should be respected. You will be convicted. Eleanor, no, I won't. Maybe not the angry voice you want to use in court, but okay. No, the jury's not there yet. He wants to represent himself, Your Honor. Fine. 
but he'll do so with hybrid representation. Miss Frutt, I'm ordering you to assist him as standby counsel. What? The law says he can do it, pro se, but I'm allowed to protect him. Ding, Let ding, him get somebody ding. else. That is the episode title. No. Pro se means you represent yourself. But this is a hybrid, so it's like the Prius of per se, pro se. Per se? Per se, per se? I have you. Pro se. Mr. McMurphy, once again, I must warn you that defending yourself is a very serious step. Are you sure it's one you and want to take? And the last client who did it yes. got off, so... I've been through enough trials to know how they work. I can do this with help. I object to being forced to help a man convict himself. I think what you object to, Ms. Frutt, is the client taking control of his case, but that's his right. He's the one in charge, not you. Therefore, you will serve as standby counsel, and Mr. McMurphy will have his day in court. See you at 11 o'clock. Okay, well, okay. They found an interesting thing to do with this case after all. He's obviously very bright. Very charming. We'll see what he does. So he's defending himself? Not my yes, idea. Lucy. You still have to be there? Yes. We already explained that. What, he wants again? copies of the local rules, a textbook on criminal procedures, and the evidence code. I mean, I hope Lucy gets a free Metro card because her ass has to be everywhere. Come to court. Go back to the office. Go get this shit. Go back Go to, to court. prison. But then you have Show to your hurry. Belly. It starts in two hours. So you're second chair to him? Lucy, hurry. If you don't wear it, you will look guilty. Eleanor, they're gonna know I'm in prison when they hear where I killed him. Me wearing that'll just look phony. Now, can we talk about the trial? Go ahead, you're in charge. That judge seems like a liberal. He is, particularly at sentencing, which is why you should plead. A conviction takes away his discretion. But if I waive jury and have him decide it, would he acquit me? Mmm. No. You're better off with the jury. You still say frame up and self-defense are out? Completely. What other defenses do we have? Listen, Ray, even as your backup counsel, I can't let you just make but something But as out. my advisor, you at least have to tell me what my options are. Alibi. You are somewhere else, which won't work because you are locked in a cell. Go on. Insanity, the prison shrink says you're not. Necessity, not applicable on these facts. Jury nullification, it's illegal to even Wait, argue Go it. back. What's a necessity defense? It doesn't work. Look, just tell me what it is. Okay. Yikes. It's very interesting to see him do this you type of a character. Because somebody to be so forced you to. As opposed to his usual characters. That's my defense. Which are completely reason sociopaths they're, they're they're scary because they're so shut down and this character is is right there on the surface and very like emotionally engaged no it's not ray nobody forced you eleanor you know how you survive in prison you grab opportunities all right here's the thing what's we the talk thing about right? it, it feels like we're talking about it every week now but Here's a, an office who has done crazy shit to get people off. Has gone, has, has done Rube Goldberg type hoop jumping in right. order to posture a defense. And here, everything this guy is trying, Eleanor is shutting down. She's basically like, just plead out, be guilty. Like, it doesn't ring true to me. They that she wouldn't be more 
willing to help. Yeah, I mean, I guess she's she's confident that these things aren't going to work. So she's trying to talk him out of it, mainly because, like, I don't think this is going to be effective. But so she, she, I, I guess she isn't like coming in with an alternative. Like, I, here's her, what her I do. Only think offer is would take work. the ten year plea, and that's right. it. Right. She's not actually presenting him with any case to argue. She's probably right, now, actually, me but I'm just saying, necessity. compared to the way they usually go about things, it's... No, maybe oh, they're right, yeah. a new leaf. They've taken big swings Trial for guilty people before. on the defendant's before. assault charge was to begin last week, but Mr. Donnell was in the hospital as a result of another case. Third continuance, Man. Mr. Donnell. When will you be back in the saddle? I'm back now, Judge. Well, then you're in luck. We had a case plead out. We can take it today. Is Bobby going to have today. PTSD in the courtroom? Can I have a moment with my client? Sure. Big, scary looking client. What do you want to do? Get it over with. Helen looks well, we don't have to like she doesn't think Bobby's Helen ready either. Law, you're entitled to more time. Do I want more time? It never hurts. It gives us a chance to keep investigating your defense. Judge Borns, may I be heard? I've just realized I have a scheduling conflict. Oh, a later date Helen would be better is trying to help me. Bobby out. How about uh, June 6th? Okay with your client, Mr. Donnell? Yes, that would be fine. See you in June. We're adjourned. Interesting. Bobby, Helen we need to talk. The... Yeah, later. Help Bobby there. I like it though. Shows like a compassion that you take care of yourself. Judge Dredd Helen doesn't usually have. But uh while we finish the scene. Judge is played by David Hoti, who uh, was in Walk Hard, Seabiscuit, funny movie Walk Hard, Seabiscuit, Minority Report, Weeds, on Voyager, he was the Nubari Miner in Flesh and Blood, and I haven't introduced any of these things before, but he was on the practice before, he was the jury foreman in Reasonable Doubts back in season one. Slight objection. Does a, do judges and lawyers also have to serve jury duty? Yes, right? Uh, yeah. It's not out of the realm of possibility that he was both a juror foreman as the judge. And, and they, I would un imagine that a judge would be the foreman. Yeah, I, all right. I, I, I will retract the, uh, the bumper. And uh, while I try to convince Charlie, Charlie, you have so many toys. You no, have never enough. You have more toys Ladies than and gentlemen any cat jury, I've ever known. 
Mr. McMurphy will be acting pro se. That is as his own attorney. And the law requires him to comply with all evidentiary and court rules. Ms. Frutt will be assisting him as standby counsel. Now, certainly, Mr. McMurphy has little or no experience in trying cases. I thought for sure cases. he would waive the you jury, but he didn't. You draw no inferences or there. conclusions as to the merits of the case based on his performance as a litigator. We rolled the cell doors open at 5 a.m. for the day's first count. McMurphy walked out. Bauman didn't. What did you do? Checked the cell. Bauman was dead in his bunk. The shiv still sticking out of his chest. Where was Mr. McMurphy? Towing the line in front of the cell. There was blood on his shirt. Could you tell if there had been a fight in the cell? O'Brien? Sufficient foundation. Object. Something foundation. The objection is sustained. Was anything broken? Were there things strewn around? It didn't look like a fight had taken place, no. Thank you. Nothing further. You got to say it anyway. Good witnesses know how. Be careful. All right, it's first cross. Saunders. McMurphy? First thing you did, you took me to the deputy warden's office. And I told you I had to kill him. Objection. Lacks foundation. Mr. McMurphy is not the witness here. Sustained. The jury will disregard. You hate my guts, right? I hate killers. Objection! Sit down, Miss Frutt. You hated me because I wouldn't kiss your ass. You're a killer and a liar. That's enough. The jury will disregard. I will have nothing they? else to ask this man. Did get him to blow up at him, though. Hey, well, yeah. Did you ever bias. suspect anyone but the defendant of this murder? No. Object to that. Shh, I want to hear this. Why didn't you suspect anyone else? It's a two-man cell. They were locked in overnight. Plus, McMurphy hated Bauman. Everyone knew it. That's a lie. Your Honor. Sit down. Other people hated Bauman. Mr. McMurphy hated him the most. I don't know why. I just know he did. And... I think this is a good opportunity to pose the question because we've heard his name like a hundred times now. Uh, but the loose cannon guy ignoring the rules trying to escape is named McMurphy. And I wonder if there is, uh, and that is the name of the character that Jack Nicholson played in Cuckoo's Nest. So hmm. I wonder if there, uh, Jack Nicholson in the movie version, or the play version, there's lots of people did it, but I'm wondering if there's a if there's a, a connection there, whether they named him after that character specifically. Hmm. Okay. I like it. Yeah. Nice job, Ray. Jesus Christ, Eleanor. In front of the jury. You know, if you're sitting next to me, you gotta look like you're supporting me. I am trying to. No, you're arguing, and the jury sees it. I am telling you when to object, Ray. I am trying to help. So, how'd that go? Terrible. In addition to time and opportunity, he testified that you didn't like the victim. You did establish that the witness hates you. So in your closing, you'll want to remember that and argue the bias. Now, for the warden who is up next, here's a quick lesson in hearsay. I know what hearsay is. Well, make sure you object. You probably won't shut it down, but you need to preserve the objection for appeal. 
Because his testimony is going to kill you. Jesus. I'm really not As the deputy warden, I was in charge of the initial investigation. On the day of the murder, you spoke with the defendant? She's helping, yes. but she's... And what, if anything, did he say? Objection. Hearsay. It's admissible hearsay as a declaration against interests, an admission by party opponents. Overruled. He said he stabbed Bauman a couple of hours after lights out. Recognize this? Yes, it's the murder weapon. It's a toothbrush filed down. Very common. You checked it for prints? Yes, Mr. McMurphy said we'd find it's his own. That's Shiv. And we did. That's Shiv. Did he say why he did it? No. Better podcast. Did he say what, if anything, Mr. Bauman was doing at the time he stabbed him? He said Bauman was sleeping. Thank you. When I talked to you back in your office, I looked real scared. I was shaking, crying. Objection. Lacks foundation. Calls for hearsay. You used hearsay. Mr. McMurphy is not the witness. Shaking and crying are both nonverbal, self-serving statements which are inadmissible hearsay. Objection sustained. So I'm not allowed to say what happened? You're not the witness here, sir. The objection is sustained. Smart of him to work it in, though. Mm-hmm. Every question that he asks helps my case. He's still in his jumpsuit, for God's sake. He might as well wear a sign that says, convict me. I'm just saying, be careful. Of what? Well, I think the guy's smarter than you give him credit for. Mike, they're having a sandwich together. What mm -hmm. am I missing? Friendship sandwich. Look. And Keith, you know a friendship sandwich lead, leads to potentially a hot dog in a tuna fish bun. That's it's your words, possible. not mine. That's your words, not mine. Oh, the guy words. may it have was, uh, no defense, but the, the jury the might be seeing that That's as nature, a function baby. of no one defending him. <laughs> I introduced his confession. The jury sees there's no defense. What the jury sees is you beating up a defenseless guy who doesn't know the law. Don't let him be an underdog in there, Alan. Remind the jury that this guy would rip out their hearts if he could. Ease off the objecting. Let him win a few procedural points. You really think I'm in a fight here? From what I saw, yes. Look, there's no such thing as a lay down. This office has lost cases to pro se defendants. My advice, be careful. Are you going to testify? I haven't decided yet. He well, if you don't testify, too. how do you intend to prove that you acted out of necessity? I like that he's going for the greens first, though, you know? Mm. Look, if I think this defense is a lie, I have to tell the judge. You don't know it is a lie. Don't treat me like an idiot, Look, Ray. I'm trying the case. I don't have to tell you anything. You want to be helpful? Get me this guy. He should have asked being for sentenced Eugene. downstairs. We know each other. He'll testify for me. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Trial prep's real important. You know what I mean. You used to trust me, Ray. When I said plead, you did. We only fought the ones that we could win. Clearly, the people in prison are trying to kill this guy, right? Clearly, he was frightened. He's defending himself. For some reason, he can't snitch. So he's trying to get himself off using his charisma. There's definitely some reason he does not want to plead. He has to get himself out of prison. That's what I'm feeling. Yeah. He certainly, like, has reasons for what he's doing. Did I let you down? 
What's changed? It's not you. More time in prison would be a death sentence for me. Then why did you kill him? If I told you I killed him over cigarettes because he stole my last damn pack, you wouldn't believe me. Guys in prison get killed over less. Guys get killed for looking at somebody wrong. I can't take it anymore. The longer this trial lasts, the less time I got to be in prison, even if it's just for a day. That's enough. Definitely thought you there was going to be a little more nuance over cigarettes. to that. I said, if. Well, I certainly get being scared and it's i mean to, to be in that environment and not want to be there like it makes sense and if you're i mean at this point like he's he's kind of up shit's creek i mean he yeah. killed his cellmate in the cell when they were both locked in there's not much he can do so it reminds know, me of that book swing. remember that book oj was either wrote or was trying to write called if i did if it if i did it yeah exactly hot reference hot topical reference mike mm. Chesswick's down, the last one. Look, if I were in his shoes, you know I'd come up with something crazy. I'd try something. Oh shit, Bobby's gotta go back to prison. Into a dark cell alone with this scary client again. Right? Didn't tell, he just have a, a, a guard come in with him? I gotta... I'll check with him later. You didn't PTSD with that dead baby, Bobby. <laughs> I love that. That's your go-to. It is, yeah. You've said dead baby on this podcast more than pretty much any other phrase that's, you've ever said. <laughs> Hello. Is Bobby Donnellan? I'm a random character being introduced 20 minutes into the episode. You are? Yeah, well, Leonard Wellish. I'm with the States. Well, let's introduce Leonard Wellish. Guy from the State Outreach Program. Uh, Leonard Wellish is played by Michael Rothar from Family Law, The Nutty Professor, and he played Gavin in Thine Own Self on The Next Generation Star Trek. We're funded by the state legislature. We help crime victims. Well, victim is not a word he likes to hear. Anyway, he's already given a statement to the DA. Okay, I'm not what? a lawyer, ma'am. I'm here just to make sure that he's okay. This is your defense? He's telling you what happened. I hated Bauman. Bauman screwed me on a drug deal. I told McMurphy, kill Bauman or I'd kill McMurphy. Is any of that true? You're calling me a liar. Fuck. Yes, as a matter of fact, I am calling you a liar. Eleanor, you got another way to tell my story. You don't have a story. The jury is not going to believe a word he says. The jury's going to believe that he is a scary dude. They're going to believe that I would do whatever he told me to do. They're going to prosecute you for perjury. First, I ain't lying. Second, I'm serving three consecutive life terms. I'm not real worried about perjury. Eleanor, but I'm worried about, about introducing him. With a random bumper this time. We failed. Okay, this actor. <laughs> How true. How true. Uh, this, uh, another scary 
Inmate here is played by David Figioli from Penny Dreadful Murder in the First. He played a Klingon crewman in The Expanse on Enterprise, but you might uh, know him. There's, I think it's a Capital One commercial where they have uh, sort of like a fake horror movie and there's dum-dums making all this noise and not going out. And then the guy with the Jason mask takes his mask off and is like, what are these dum-dums doing? It's this guy. Oh, it is that guy. I said, I don't yeah. have to. Ray. That's the beauty of it. In my other trials, you said it was iffy if I testify. You said it was bad for the jury to hear about my prior. Yes. Now, they just now gave us the A prior. trial here, really. The robbery. Yeah. They're just giving us the John Carlo. Lowe gets to cross-examine me. My priors come in. 100%. I can't let you obstruct justice. You said juries convict guys based on priors. Right now, they don't even know what I'm in for. And Lowe can't tell them unless I testify. Having Harris tell my story is great. Admit it. It's not a question of strategy, Ray. The law says you can't do it. If it's not true! And you don't know if it is or it isn't. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I get that she's, okay, let's, she's high and mighty on her morals right now, cool, but he's spinning, and even Helen picked up on it. The guy's got charisma, he's got, yep. he's, he's, he's very got a, smart. There is a track here for, for an acquittal, and it's, you know, it's nullification, basically, but that, we've used it before, we've gotten there before, I don't know why we're so yep. opposed. Well, and it's the second, like, the second episode in a row, where, like, the, the person on trial had a it wasn't the second. It was, it was a couple of episodes ago where you, you had somebody on trial who was most likely guilty, but put together a coherent defense. Even if it was unlikely, it was at least coherent. And, like, I get it. You don't have a gray hair on your head, by the way, Keith. Look at me. I look like Father Time. <laughs> so no pain, no loss of appetite. I do have some grace, no, but not a lot. He's had trouble sleeping. I've been fine. My beard I know is, this is may not be gray. easy for you. Talking it out can... Relieve stress. It the inside of me is crumbling like a Roman process. architecture, but it can help us heal. Oh, for God's sakes. Bobby, you agreed to talk to him, so just. You know what, ma'am? It, it might be better. Could I speak with Mr. Donald alone? Would that be okay? Okay. I'll let the two of you talk. The people who love us most want to help, but their concern can overwhelm. Mr. Wellish, if you like, call me Lenny. Thanks, Lenny. I Wanna got work to bunnies, do. Lenny? Could you get the hell out of here? No, Lenny was George. Is the this wasn't your fault? Opposite. What? The man who beat you was crazy. You couldn't have prevented it. You couldn't but even see it coming, could you? Played both characters once. No, of course not. There were no signs. Do you blame the Gary prison? Sinise. Look, I'm not blaming anybody. He played and both? I really He played McMurphy on Broadway. And then played uh, George, I think, in the uh, in the movie. In the movie, he was George. Yeah. The am busy. No, I here. thought Malkovich. I thought they were both did both. No, no, no. No, that was the play version. I think he also did the play version, but the movie version. Yeah, I think he was George in both. I think they both reprised their roles from Broadway to the movie. We're gonna. Sorry, folks. Has this has nothing to do with anything? But we need to know. <laughs> this has nothing. He, yeah, you know, he played George. Now, why is it men the? With uh, with Malkovich. Yeah, but I'm saying Mal they Malkovich played... was Lenny. Yes, but they played he they played the same roles on Broadway and in the movie. Yes, yeah, I thought you were talking they, they they switched. They did not switch. Oh, for God's sakes! <laughs> That's what you said. You said he played both roles. 
No, 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 no. He played McMurphy and George. That's what I mean by both. Gotcha, so. gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. <sighs> I hate Dunn. him when we fight. <laughs> Frankly, my observation is... We're a family. ...that you're in good shape. Let me leave you my card in case you want to talk more. And let me just get you to sign this. What is it? A part of the law says you need to read it. It says that you've been contacted by us and that you're okay. Wait a second. This releases the state from any lawsuits. Well, that's just one part of the form. That's why you're here? Not to oh, check shit. on me, but to cover the Commonwealth's ass? Oh, Bobby's poof? Bobby's Easy, throwing Bobby. him physically out of the office. McRambo's back. Bobby McRambo. He's from the state attorney general's office. He's looking for a release so I won't sue. What? Rebecca, I want cases. State liability on failure to protect, failure to keep from harm. Now we're going to sue, baby! Failure to maintain workspaces. Bobby, hold on. They intentionally failed to protect me. That's why the state sent them. They were at least grossly negligent. Okay, but we don't have Bobby, to hold on. Bobby, hold on. blame for this! Yes. Give me the state this. knows how dangerous these inmates are. Where the hell were the guards? You need to calm down. Either help me with this, or leave me alone. You know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy it. Keith, I'm deciding to buy in because okay. yes, they've had all this other trauma, but maybe it's built up and this is the release point. This is that straw that beat the shit out of the camel's back in a prison Okay, cell. that hung a guy out of a window. Yeah, and this is yeah. the outlet. He's see, okay. he go, every night he goes to bed and he sees black widows. He sees that dead baby. He sees <laughs> George Vogelman in a habit. He sees mm -hmm. Lucy's midriff. He sees all these things that he's been at the epicenter of. Yep, and finally, yep. as Abraham strangled the last life out of him, as his life flashed before his eyes, he figured, he, he realized that he was tra traumatized. And now when this son of a bitch comes in there, looking like he's gonna be a therapist, but instead wants just to release the state's liability, Bobby said, hell no! I'm gonna sue them! And they're going to pay us for what it's worth. Now, it doesn't hurt that we are, we talked about early in the episode that we're a little strapped for cash. So this actually is mutually beneficial. This is a little symbiotic. So it's uh, kind of uh, serving both sides of the end. But nonetheless, I'm still mad. I like it. I like it. I'm on board too. And Helen's going to bang that guy. <laughs> and Lindsay, Kelly Williams giving me what I want. Just a single tear. Pink. A new bowman on the outside. He was a dealer and a banger. He dealt in prison, too. I bought from him. One time he shorted me on a balloon of coke. That was him disrespecting me. This guy's awesome. pay for that. Why didn't you kill him yourself? It ain't easy getting a guy who knows you're coming. And he was a big boy. I got respect for size. I told you I didn't want to do it, right? I didn't give you no choice. It was you or him. One of you had to go. Either way, the word was out. You punk me, you die. Thank you. I don't have anything else. Should be an interesting cross. When did you and the defendant come up with this story? It's the truth. Was it yesterday when the two of you were bussed in from state prison for your court proceedings? I knew Bauman on the outside. He was a dealer and a banger. You've been convicted of rape, robbery, Perjury, murder. Three murders. And you're about to be sentenced in another courtroom for your fourth. I'm a bad man. You're a convicted liar, sentenced to life with no chance of parole. Okay. So when the defendant asked you to lie for him, you had nothing to lose. Another conviction for perjury or murder, doesn't matter. Object, argumentative. 
He's okay. What are you talking about? You lie for him, there's no downside. There's an upside. What's that? He owes you. He's an ally. That's key in prison, especially for a guy with as many enemies as you've got. I got no idea what you mean. I moved to strike his whole testimony as blatantly unreliable. That's a jury call. Then I moved to preclude the jury from being instructed on the necessity defense. Ms. Frutt, your response? My response? I thought I could... Stand by counsel may argue outside the presence of the jury. I am ordering you to do so now. Black letter law. He can't be convicted if he killed out of necessity. Mr. Harris said he told my client, kill Bauman or be killed. Necessity is a defense to murder in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. But to raise it, the danger of death has to be immediate. Bauman was asleep. Harris wasn't even housed in the same cell block. The Supreme Court says prisoners may raise it. Oh, come on, Eleanor, you yourself admitted the man has no defense. It's a lie. As the court has repeatedly pointed out, this is my client's defense, not mine. That's no excuse. You're helping him to obstruct justice. I am doing exactly as I was directed by the court. The man didn't even testify. He acted out of he necessity. He doesn't need to testify. The witness established a factual basis. Mr. Lowe, I understand you're unhappy but I cannot strike down the man's defense. Why not just tell the jury to acquit? Oh, you know shit. what? Mr. McMurphy manages to conduct himself with more professionalism and show this court more respect than you appear capable of. You might follow his example. Yeesh. Snap. We'll bring down the jury and proceed to closing arguments. Don't mess with Odo, guys. Look, our system is flawed, right? But... It, 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 it at least it attempts to try to thread the needle, right? Like, yes, perhaps they're putting on a false defense, but you have the right to defend yourself, and here we are. You yeah. know what I mean? It's up well, to the I jury mean, to make I that mean, call. Conviction should be difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Now, if he gets acquitted and goes on to start a, a meth empire with uh, two men, we're locked in a chicken eight by business. Ten foot that's our fault. Yeah. The defendant waited for you the know, victim it's our to fault fall asleep. Forgetting to play. Oh God! It's closing time. Come on, time to Come put on. your case to bed. It's closing time. Otherwise, your client's dead. Closing time for the prosecution. District Attorney Alan Lowe, who's a bit ornery, some would say maybe he needs to get laid. Then he stood up and stabbed the sleeping Boom. man over and over and over again. You wouldn't like to see it until Keith? he died. Come on, his oh, prints no, were I'd on the weapon. The DVD. Don't get me wrong. He confessed <laughs> to the crime. The defense story, the one that he cooked Keith's up mom, with his your friend, thoughts? is right in. a lot. If it were true. Why didn't he tell the deputy warden about it on the day he confessed? He never said anything at that time about his life being threatened. The defendant is suddenly hatching this necessity defense because he has nothing else. He's desperate. Blood. Prince. Motive. Confession. He's desperate. 
Being in court and having you people listen to me has been one of the best things in my life. <laughs> that sounds weird, right? I'm on trial for murder. But in my life, nobody ever listened to me. I'm not smart like Mr. Lowe. I wasn't good at school. I made a lot of stupid decisions and I paid for every one of them. Being in prison is the worst thing in the world. Unless you've been there, you don't know. You lock men up, they become animals. I've seen guys do things to each other, kill each other for nothing. When Harris told me, kill Bauman or be killed, I knew it was real. I could see myself lying in the shower or in the exercise yard, blood coming out of me. I knew it was me or Bauman. Why didn't I tell all this to the warden before? Because I was still in prison and I still could have been killed. I am sorry for killing Mr. Bauman. I had to do it. I had no choice. If I hadn't killed Mr. Bauman, that man, Harris, would have killed me. Mr. Lowe calls me desperate. I am desperate now, like I was desperate then. Well done, sir. Well, He's so good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> here I have a pitch. I, 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 I. If I'm an executive right now, I find some crazy, insane reason to acquit him and have him join the firm. Yeah, or have a spinoff, Criminal Justice. <laughs> oh, that's great. Cases you wanted. Thanks. She cares about you, Bobby. Oh, uh, Rebecca. She's worried about you. We all are. We Both a noun and a verb, Keith, it turns out. Mm. Don't to Rebecca to help you. To be Rebecca. Rebecca Deed. Thanks for the cases. Bobby, you attacked a man, physically threw him out of the office. You're always there to help everybody in the firm. But for you, Bobby, you're selfish. Oh, stop biting my cable. It's selfish to never let us help you. Hey, it's very different from the podcast. She's the only one who can get through to him, though. Always has been. It's always been you. his wife entirely. It's always been you. Trial's over. Nothing left but the verdict, so I figured, why not? What'd you do to your hair? I gave myself a little trim. Figured if I'm gonna look good, I should look good. How'd you get the haircut? Judge's chambers. Scissors. Old habit. You see a potential weapon, you just grab it. You seem depressed. What's wrong? I wasn't kidding when I said that trial was the best thing in my life, Eleanor. I felt like a citizen in there. 
And now it's over. Yeah, now it's over. Bomber was real popular. If I go back to prison, I will be killed. That's why I was so desperate to have the trial now, even if I had to represent myself. Well, there's your stakes. Court holding cell, I survive. Prison, I don't. Well, I could try to get you into protective custody. No, I'm not going back. Ray, even if you win here, you still have the remaining sentence on the robbery. Eleanor, I am not going back. Is he going to kill himself? Where's the guard? Oh no, now is she gonna be assaulted? Oh my god! Ray! Holy shit. He killed the guard with the scissors! should be careful about his scissors. Eleanor, I have the guard's gun. If you make a noise, I will have to kill you. He is You will so never good. get out of here. Court security so faces the entrances, are. not the exits. They don't check guys as they're leaving. Especially not guys looking like this. Wow. What a smart son of a bitch. Now they're walking out through the courtroom halls. Scoring for these high tension moments is always excellent. Yeah. They don't do this theme this time. Fake steam. Steam. Keith's favorite thing. They got onto the street. And Laura's playing it cool so far. She's not. It's not. Cool. She's gonna do something awesome. It's been a long time. She's got a gun on her. So. Thanks for walking me out, Eleanor. Not that you had a choice. Ask the jury what they thought of my closing. Maybe they have some suggestions for next time. Oh shit, you got away. He gets in the cab and disappears. Eleanor has one mammoth I told you so a coming to, to <laughs> lots of people. That's right. Oh my god. Wait, so at this juncture, we've now assembled the entire court, we've assembled the jury, we've assembled everybody, and the judge is just now being told that the bailiff has been murdered? Well, yes, and the defendant has escaped? Like, Eleanor just, like, casually waited for the... So she could get an extra little, I told you so? You didn't think she'd be, like, tell the police, like, straight up, right away? Well, I'm assuming she told the police. They just forgot to tell the court. Okay, that's... There's a disconnect there, but uh, we'll go with it. Uh, despite the absence of the defendant... We're just going to go through the, the motions? requires taking the verdict in open court. Mr. Foreman, to the charge oh, of Bergen, murder in the first degree, how say you? <laughs> oh, he's... What's going to happen Your here? Your Honor, 
We find a defendant, guilty. Raymond McMurphy, not guilty. No! <laughs> to the charge of murder in the second degree, we find a defendant, Raymond McMurphy, not guilty. Wow. It is he my got practice. himself off and got himself out. I usually thank the jury for its service on behalf of the parties. The defendant. But at this point, I think we're done. I would still thank the jury. They did their job. Wow. Just another day at the office. Extremely dangerous and obviously resourceful. Meanwhile, questions remain as to how a prisoner could so easily escape detection, especially since security has recently been heightened. Incredible. Good question. Actually walked out with your friend at gunpoint. Listen, if you want, I'll help you draft that complaint for the lawsuit. But you got Thanks. in a fight, so you're the one who's traumatized. Bad for us. And a lawsuit could make them provide more protection for other lawyers. I mean, nobody should... There isn't going to be any lawsuit. Not now, anyway. Oh. We can always file one later. Or not. Statute of limitations doesn't run for a year. Bed in front I don't of a know fireplace? I can do this anymore. Bobby. Lindsay, that day in the cell right before I passed out, I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I was going to die. And you know, generally your life flashes before your eyes, but all I saw was James Spader. <laughs> and I would never see our son again. Go. And I would never see you again. So in a universe where Shatner will appear, does Star Trek never happen, or did a different actor play James D. Kirk? Boy, that's a really interesting question during <laughs> Dylan's Emmy monologue. And I don't know what to do about that. Everybody's crying. I do. <laughs> I can't be. <laughs> But actually, you know, with the practice, since they're able to reference uh, Boston Public, the show, and our, our bus, yeah, Boston Public, the show, and also be on Boston Public. Next. Yeah, they're probably the like, practice. oh, it was long. You know, William Shatner, he plays Captain Kirk. Chief, Judge, what are you doing? Fleming, winner of the State Bar Association. Yo, we're getting, we never get a next on the practice. Never. Weird. I didn't even watch this part. Lifetime Achievement Award. We have reason to believe his honor has been accepting bribes. Yeah, have you approached any of the attorneys in those cases? Spoken with anyone upstairs? So why are we, why are we watching that next week? Let's find out next week. I know. I'm just. I thought. It's I thought weird. maybe they were pitching like a, a continuation of this week's story, but it's not even that. That's weird. They've never had that before. No. I, I mean, obviously they had it in in real life, but in these Hulu episodes, that's really strange. Interesting. Well. 
Guys, if you you don't have to wait to find out what happens next on the Out of Practice podcast. No, you we don't. Go back, we go back to the YouTube where you can join us. And we are back, baby. Baby. Wow, that was exciting. It, All kinds yeah. of stuff. Hopefully you escaped with your sanity mm. and your wits about you because... Makes one of us. Yeah, well, no, it makes two of us, Keith, because we had a client escape, but, uh, oh no, I was so wrapped up in it that I forgot to write down notes, but I, that doesn't matter because I we're supposed to be doing this stuff in real time anyway. <laughs> uh, right? Didn't we agree? Yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot going on here. Uh, and you're also recapping it right before you uh, recap it twice. Mm-hmm. First off, we do that with a segment we call i haven't loaded it make us 30 seconds to remember what just happened on the show things are going well uh <laughs> listen that dude from breaking bad is here he straight up kills somebody over a pack of smokes but he ain't going back to prison baby so he decides he's going to be his own lawyer he has a bunch of fights with eleanor they're having the same fight the whole episode and at the end he puts a gun under her kills a guard and walks out gets an attacks and he's like peace meanwhile bobby's a little upset that he got his ass beat he thinks he might sue but at the end of the day he cries it out with Lindsay, and he's feeling like he might leave the practice yes indeed nailed it, nailed it. and could you uh nail it again but just fewer syllables i can absolutely try with a very long, uh, you know, note in the bumper, perhaps. <laughs> Where's my camera? There you are. Gus Fring kills cellmate. Uh-oh. He defends himself. Then he hails a cab. <laughs> well done again. Damn. You're so oh. good at that. Whoa! Oh, they're all back. <laughs> the man can come up with a haiku on the fly. Can't play the bumper right. Now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but what I can do is go ahead and hit this bumper Ooh. to take us in to the oopsies. Oh, or not. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? You know what? You've heard it a lot of times. <laughs> You're probably sick of it. This week it's we time for the Oopsie Awards. <laughs> At the end of every out of practice podcast, they keep talking whether you want them to or not. Yeah, you know what? You Let's alternate. Let's alternate this week. I'll start. All right. Um. Uh, you sing. You started off, Keith, with a little segment we call "Warm Up Those Pipes." <laughs> we call Moss. Valuable lawyer. Guys, he got himself off. First of all, he did the murder. He got himself off. And then he did another murder. Mm -hmm. Put on a sweet ass suit. 
cut his own hair, and just fucking walked out like Andy Dufresne and got in a cab. I think the most valuable lawyer for himself, and to prove a point to that liberal-ass court, is none other than Gus Fring, a.k.a. Giancarlo, a.k.a. A.k.a. Ray McMurphy. Ray McMurphy. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think, uh, no, obviously, it's Ray McMurphy. You crushed it. You 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 killed it, I would even say. Like, honestly, Ooh. like, he was... This character is so fascinating because he is so smart and so clever and so resourceful. You wonder why he ended up in prison in the first place. Like, I feel yeah, like that character, shoulders. if he wanted to kill somebody, he could get away with it, right? And he did that despite the constant uh, badgering of Eleanor to, to give it up and yeah. ADA low being like, you're wasting everybody's time. Yeah, yeah. He even All conjured right. that he was able to like call in a favor from some crazy ass MNFer to like give a really compelling fake perjurous testimony. Right. Which you even knew was fake, but you know, again, reasonable doubt. You have to be certain that it's it's not real. All right. Well, it seems pretty obvious to me. All right. Well, you know what we're certain about? Uh have you stretched uh Mike? All right, is this one ready? Right? Yeah, yeah. I I'm excited to hear Mike's rendition. Here we go. Um uh -huh. Uh, what's the first lyric? Already oh, wait, famous. No, no, yeah, 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 yeah. Already famous because you've been on TV getting, getting a, pay a paycheck. Something about your IMDb. <laughs> Way to go. go. It's your best guest actor. Guest actor. Start, wait, so high. Do 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 do. Best guest actor on the episode. What is happening? I think you're in the right key, too. Uh, oh, wait, wrong one. Do. Already, Already famous because you've been. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, pretty close. Uh, it's not bad. Uh, yeah, so, you know, I love me some Renee. I better some wah. Mm -hmm. But once again, uh oh, I feel like a lot of sweeping happening. Mm. I think uh, he not only stole the show, he didn't need to chew the scenery because he was the scenery. I feel like Giancarlo, once again, he gave me a different accent. He gave me some different choices. He gave me some sweet, sweet hair. He gave me those snaps of anger where you can tell, wait, he is the bad guy. But mm -hmm. he also mm -hmm. was uh, played the scenes that he... As a murderer, probably doesn't earn my compassion, but gets that compassion for this being in prison and being afraid and realizing that maybe his life could have gone a different way. He could have been a lawyer, maybe. He he loved yeah. being in front of the jury. I mean, you saw so many different colors. He and here it's like a it's like Simone Biles on the on the trampoline. That's not what she does. On the the <laughs> trampoline. On the apparatus, right? Like makes it look easy. Makes it look easy. But it's not mm -hmm. easy. I think Giancarlo is takes the takes the oopsie, jumps in a cab, and runs away with it. Yeah, no question. Uh, he I, he just terrific, terrific work the entire episode through. And I, speaking of his hair, I have a conspiracy theory. You're gonna have to do the, dump, do the bumper theory. for me. Dum 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 dum. Conspiracy uh, theory. Perfect. For, you, you, we actually have these loaded, but it's kind of fun to do them on the fly. Uh, so. Uh, they make a big thing about him cutting his hair with the scissors and this, that, the other thing. Uh, but I, 
think two things. One, he was not wearing a wig for, with his longer hair, uh, which frequently you will be wearing a wig on TV, especially if you're going to cut it later. He was not wearing a wig, and he told them, no, you can't cut my hair. Because it, if you actually look at him after he'd supposedly cut it, he basically like just pulled it back. Mm-hmm. He styled it and pulled it back, but it actually wasn't any shorter, which I'm sure was quite the pr- like production meeting because it like the whole point is he cuts his hair, and the way they intended it, it would have gone in with super short hair or whatever. But, but I think he was like, uh, no, you can't cut my hair. So you know they came am? up. Do you know who I do am? Do you know who I'm going to be? So I, and I, so I, I imagine after that production meeting, they're like, hair guy, what can you do to make it look really different? And, it looked uh, different enough, kept, I thought. I thought it covered those bases. No, I, I thought it really did. But just looking at it more carefully, because it was such a plot point. The scissors mm-hmm. was like a big part of the plot. Anyway, uh, so congratulations, congratulations, <laughs> Giancarlo Esposito with your best guest actor. Now it's time. Dum, 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 you killed your podiatrist but blew the case, but you let a single tear run down your face. You're the best actor on the show. I do declare. I just love that Cameron Manheim. She's so good. Actually, you know, Cameron just gives a great performance here. So does Dylan, though. I don't want to discount Dylan because he mm-hmm. had to go through it. You don't usually get to see Dylan in these. Well, we do. We do see him kind of play this, like, I'm sad. I'm broken. Fix me. But actually, you know what? He was really compelling. Eleanor... You know, Eleanor was great. I mean, she's always so good. Cameron's so good. She was incredulous. She was then had to be... Her getting walked out by the client at the end was like really great acting because she made it. She made some interesting choices. She could have played it scared, right? Or upset or like freaked out. But she knew this guy. I think she felt confident that he didn't want to hurt her, that he was just... I think she knew all along as they started walking out that he was going to get away. And yeah, she sort yeah. of had this like, I knew it. I'm... I'm disappointed. I can't wait to tell that judge I told you so. She had all these kind of layers playing that a lesser actress would have just played the ooh. So I think that Cameron, though she has been lauded on the podcast so many times, has won every oopsie to be won multiple times. She, uh, I think she earned this one again. Uh, yeah, that's true. She's the only one of our main cast members who has won Best Guest Actor. Mm-hmm. While being part of the main cast. Yeah, I thought she was terrific. I mean, like her, again, her great single tear when she discovers the guard's been killed. Uh, but actually, I'm going to do the opposite. And I'm actually going to give mine to Dylan. Because okay, I great, thought... great. I was hoping that would I, I really liked the range that he showed. He took it to 11. Then he had some more vulnerable times. You know, it's it wasn't an odd... Well, it wasn't odd to have this arc after what happened. It's just odd not to have had this arc 16 other times on the show, but that's not Dylan's fault. I thought he did an excellent job. So uh, congratulations, Cameron Manheim and Dylan McDermott for your Best Actor Awards. And now it's time for the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady! (laughs) Yes, it is. Uh... You know, we talked about Tom earlier in the podcast uh, because as we're mocking him right now, he was winning Super Bowls and winning Super Bowls now. But yeah. in a twist of universe, I, mm. I will say 
this week's winner of the Tom Brady Award for being Tom Brady. If you want to see last week's, by the way, check us out at Out of Practice Podcast on Instagram. Yes. You will see Keith this week photoshopping up Tom Brady working at uh, Los Poyos Hermanos. Oh, okay. Los Poyos Hermanos employee Tom Brady wins Mm -hmm. the Tom Brady Award. Some might say Los Poyos Hermanos. No, no, that's terrible. That's really (laughs) dumb and not funny. So let's stick with what Keith said first. No way, no. Los Poyos Ertamos, Tom Brady, wins the Tom Brady Award. Copyright Mike and Deglio, 2021. Comedian? <laughs> well, congratulations, Los Poyos Ertamos. So oh, oh, I didn't think we could get any stupider. That was my fault. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to announce how many spare tires this episode gets. So here's the thing, guys. You heard me lament last week, the week before, I think, maybe both, that like we were the the twisty twist isn't always necessary. And it was get the tropes were a little too much. But then they throw us amazing cast, check. Mm -hmm. Amazing guest star, check. Interesting case with very well-described stakes, a very well-defined challenge, and they put us on edge by not really knowing what we're rooting for, right? I'm putting the Bobby thing aside for a second. I'm talking about the A case. I I like it because it's interesting. The dynamic between Eleanor and her client is interesting. The Though we've seen that I'm going to defend myself uh, before, the pro se before, if I'm not mistaken, last time it was a legendary uh, litigator. You know what I mean? It was it was uh, Raymond Dawes, wasn't it? Weren't we defending Raymond Dawes? Yeah, Raymond Dawes yeah. did represent himself, yeah. So this is a completely different circumstance where it's an actual perp, and we know pretty much 99.99% that he is guilty without any defense. He, he murdered... No, we know for sure. He murdered him for a pack of cigarettes, even though he put the hypothetical in there. <clears throat> so all the... The table is set for an interesting, and you're wondering how it's going to come out. Now, midway through, I, I felt pretty confident the whole way through that he was going to get, he was going to be found, he was going to be acquitted because it seemed to be that that was the point, right? Right. Uh, that was the journey we were on. Yeah. And in this case, it wasn't a twisty twist, throw everything on its head. It was a twisty twist that completely, I thought, was justified by what the, this guy's whole impetus was his whole reason for this whole thing was to prolong was to get out of prison for as long as humanly possible and i mean i guess you, some would ask why not just do the escape bit sooner if that's his his end game why not just like get it over with sooner but i think this is perfectly thought out right he made it look like he was going through all the motions then he gets to put on the suit at the end it seemed reasoned and you know the bobby stuff like we said, we feels a little disjointed, but at the same time, it was executed fairly well. I thought, you know, it's the PTSD seems to be realized. And, you know, regardless of all the other stuff that he's gone through, this kind of experience would absolutely in the real world sure. cause yep. that kind of trauma. And he's got like a really, I, I thought it was interesting that they were able to highlight that he's got all this support system that's really trying between 
between Lindsay and between, well, everybody, really. Everybody was at the hospital. So, but yet he couldn't see it, right? And the fact that Rebecca, he's like, you're selfish. A lot of uh, Bobby's kind of character tr- flaws get pointed out, right? Yeah. And they were able to point them out because we've been speeding them. I believe I sum- summarized it by saying Bobby is an asshole with the big flourish of a song. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. But the truth is they were able to call that out a little bit more delicately and give it some context and let us know that maybe it's the trauma that's causing Bobby to act erratically as of late. So I thought that it was a good way to sort of both capture what Bobby's been going through and also retcon a little bit of his erratic nature as of late. Mm -hmm. All of those things work for me. I have to say I really enjoyed the episode and you can, like we've said before, you can plaster over a little bit of dings and dangs in the walls when you have like incredible actors on the show. I mean, we got Renee in this episode and we got Giancarlo. Our cup runneth over, as, as well as our cast, which we love. So that all said, I'm bumping her up. Mike was jazzed about this episode. He's going 8.88 spare tires. All eights. Yes. Well, I mean, I'll I'll work backward. I'll talk about Bobby first. Um, Yeah, I I, I think what you said there is exactly right. Like, this storyline makes sense based on what he went through. If, If you hadn't... Uh, if you if you In started watching the series last week, you'd be like, yes, this makes perfect sense. This is sort of a realistic way to handle that. And, you know, and of course, we mentioned it during the episode. Like, it's weird that this happens to Bobby and not uh, people who have gone through other trauma on the series. It's weird that it happens to Bobby. And this, uh, this particular trauma sets this off. But that said, it's a good story. It's a, it's a relevant story. It was a story well told and i think you're right because it really when we look back at the series and we look at the character of bobby i think there's a lot of questions about like what kind of guy is bobby really mm. because what do we really know about him he's he's really passionate he works very hard he fights hard for his clients but in the, his personal life, like, he doesn't treat everybody that well. He's pretty inconsistent. Like, it's, I, looking back, I, you know, he's, he's a, he's a great litigator and he built a successful practice, but I'm, if you ask me for what are like the, what are like five really good personal characteristics of Bobby unrelated to his legal work? You know, I think you'd have a hard time really getting to the bottom of those. I mean, so uh, I don't know. I, I don't know why that's necessarily relevant to this, but pointing out that he's his sort of passion makes him reckless and and makes him not treat people that well because he's so wrapped up in the thing that he's doing. Uh, anyway, just a question, something to think about as we move forward. Um as far as the the main case, here's what I really like about it. And I, what we said last week and what you said already, that we're getting tired of the twisty twist for the twist's sake. And I think maybe that's just, maybe that's the wrong way to put it. We're tired of twists that feel tacked on and unearned. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where this one felt earned. Like the the entire episode set up this whole situation in which a whole mess of sort of unbelievable, ridiculous things 
are made believable. A murderer represents himself and wins. Somehow they made that believable. That murderer killed another guy in his locked in a cell with the other person and wins. And we're like, yeah, okay, I sort of buy that. He this guy's able to kill a guard and escape court without detection. Yeah, I kind of buy that too. You know, and to and to answer your question about why he didn't do it earlier, why he didn't escape earlier, well, I think he needed he needed the scissors. And so he needed to to mm-hmm. look for an opportunity to get a weapon to do that, and by going into judges' chambers, whether he orchestrated that or that was a a thing of opportunity, I don't know. I feel like whether he, he if he hadn't orchestrated it, he would have found a way to orchestrate something to get some sort of a weapon to make this happen. So I think it was I don't know. They they took a, a pretty pulpy, ridiculous story, but you're right with the great performances and it was well structured and written and shot and made it believable and made it exciting. And as a result, I really like this episode too. So uh, I, you know what? I rarely do this. I'm going to go with you. Crazy eights. Crazy eights Crazy all around. Eights. Yeah, I like it. That's what it felt like it needed. Yeah. Crazy eights. Well, you... Have, oh, wait, the Easter egg reveal. Time to reveal the oh, Easter yeah. egg. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Is that Renee again? Ah, well, this is a double Easter egg. Okay, hit me. Because on our last episode of Look at My Star Trek Toys, subscribe below. Like and subscribe, yeah, guys. Like smash that bell icon. I think they yeah. say that too. When we saw <laughs> Q the character come up played by John Delancey who was on the practice you confused Q with Odo who sleeps in that bucket oh yes I did do that so uh, there you are there is Q in Odo's bucket as our double how am I gonna, how am I gonna demonstrate that like visually you've double now you've double screwed me Oh, like the guy you don't try to screw me every week with Tom Brady. Yeah, yeah it's true. <laughs> Q in Odo's bucket. Did I say that Q right? Q in Odo's bucket. That's right. <laughs> okay. You're all right. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, folks. You have gotten your way through another episode of the Out of Practice podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you would like to join the conversation, you can do so by emailing us at outofpracticepodcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Out of Practice Podcast. While you're at it, do us a huge favor. Nobody's done it in 47 years or so. (laughs) Join the jury. Leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or any other service of your choice. It really helps us get new listeners, which we really appreciate. Uh, We will happily welcome you. And who else we appreciate? We appreciate our founding sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Jorge Novoa, Love Number 69, Leanne Wrights, Jennifer Masanova, and Kari Kuhn. Did you know that you can get your name on that list? And you only have to donate one time to get your name on that list, and then you can stop subscribing like some of our founding sponsors have done. But really, it only matters that once. Just show us you care. That's right. You can do so by clicking the links in the show notes. And yeah, or just tell somebody that these two insane people make some insane content on the internet. Then what you do is you grab some scissors, you fake cut your hair, you kill the guard, you get your best friend to walk you to a taxi, and you give him some laser sounds as you ride off to freedom. Laser sounds, sir.